Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So at that time is when my family really started heavily into church. Mm. And that's when I started being more committed to my church as far as uh, giving back time, not, not, you know, not just I'm taking offerings and everything else, but. And welcome to this week's episode of Christian Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers, and this is episode number 149. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to thank everyone for listening and supporting the Christian Outdoors Podcast. We just surpassed 420,000 listeners, and we're growing by about 5,000 a day, or no, a week, pardon me, about 5,000 a week. We were recently ranked in the top 1% of all podcasts worldwide, and we want to thank you for that. God's doing great things with our show. We really appreciate all that all, all that he's doing, and we appreciate all that you're doing. And if you want to help support the show, please consider going to our website at christianoutdoors.org, making a donation to, to support the show there. And if you're not following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you can find us at Christian Outdoors Podcast on all those platforms. Please give us a following, a like, and support and support us that way we're have kind of neglected the social media for other things and we're really trying to grow that a lot more now so anything that you can do to help us will really be appreciated and lastly i have a few openings left for speaking engagements for spring of 2023 if you have an event in spring of 23 a men's conference sportsman's banquet wild game dinner whatever you call it reach out to me and i'll be be glad to talk to you about possibly coming and speaking at, at your event like i said i have a few openings left for the spring of 23 so if you have something in the works, please go ahead and reach out to me. Well, on today's episode, we have with us a dedicated Christian and outdoorsman who's also the founder of Newcomb Hunting Blinds. Pat Newcomb hails from Asheville, North Carolina. He's married with two girls, and he's the founder and creator of Newcomb Blinds, one of the coolest designs and hunting blinds to come out in years. But there's a lot more to Pat than being an inventor of a blind. He's also a passionate follower of Christ. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Right now, please welcome to the show, Mr. Pat Newcomb. Pat, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, man, but before we get started, I got to ask you, because I know I, I ask a lot of my guests this. Um, do you like a gear, like outdoor gear? I know I do. I like it. Absolutely. I don't know anybody that's a hunter or fisherman that, that's not just a total gear junkie. And to fill that need, bestoutdoordiscounts.com has a place for you. They have a premium membership where you can get access to over 50 brands of some of the finest hunting, fishing, outdoor gear in the space. And the membership entitles you up to 40% off of savings on all this gear. To join, it's a $29.95 one-year membership in order to be a part of that, except if you listen to my show. For my listeners, they're, they're offering a $5 discount, so you get in for a $24.95 for one full year access to the bestoutdoordiscounts.com where you can save up to 40%. Remember to add PEAT2022 in the coupon box at the checkout and save $5 on your membership. Again, that's bestoutdoordiscounts.com and add PEAT2022 into the discount box and you can save up to $5 on your membership. 
All right, Pat, we got that done. So thank you again for joining me here on Christian Outdoors Podcast. I really appreciate that. Put your website up down there so people can see it. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, and then we're going to get into how you uh, develop this blind system that you have. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I was born in northern Wisconsin, moved to North Carolina at a very young age. Um, my parents grew up literally five miles from where I live today. So okay. I haven't gone far. Um, I, through high school and everything else, played football and I was very into sports. But at the same time, I hunted my entire life with my brothers and my father. So hunting has been a huge part of my life. It's something we've done, you know, my entire life. So mm-hmm. once I got out of high school, I played football down at Western Carolina University and quickly decided that college wasn't quite for me as far as once I was getting done with college, that wasn't the path I was going to go. So I actually started a whole nother business and grew a very successful tree business here in Western North Carolina. Okay. Okay. So that's so been, you, just, so you were an arborist. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Sir. All right. And I, I still have that business today. And that is what has allowed me the extra time and finances to get the Newcomb hunting off the ground. Okay. All right. All right. You know, um, I played uh, baseball in college, so I know, I tell you what, if, if you have not had to try to do that grind of doing college work and playing college sports, you just don't have a clue of how difficult that is. It is, it is so difficult trying to get all that done, isn't it? It is. I mean, you got, you know, your workouts at 5 a.m. every day, then class and then ball at, and after school, and then they make you go to study hall and everything else. Yeah. So that's the three years of college ball was as much of a commitment as any business I've ever owned. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is. Cause I, I mean, cause I played baseball, but we started the day we got to school. We started in the fall mm-hmm. and that was my first exposure to it. I said, baseball is a spring sport. Why are we starting this in August? Yeah. <laughs> it's a different level now, Pete, different level. It is. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I really understand that it's a, it is a grind. It, it, it really is. And, and all the student athletes out there that that do it, my hats off to you because it is it is a tough road to hoe. And then you and you started climbing trees and cutting them down. Yeah, and, and because of being a college athlete, that's what got me into the tree world. Was I needed a job where I could stay in shape over the summer, somewhat get a workout while I was working and making money. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into the tree world. Okay, all right. So. All right, so Newcomb hunting blinds. We want to get into that pretty quick here on this. And um, as we said before we started recording, when I was doing my my show prep, I saw that that some people have said they've been using this blind for a long time, and I just heard of it. So, kind of give us the history of Newcomb hunting blinds, and then the evolution of it, and then we want to talk about how to use it and why it works so well. So Newcomb Hunting Blinds is brand new to market. We started this company, launched the product in January of this year, 2022. Oh, brand new. Absolutely, yeah. I launched it at the trade shows in January. Now, I have personally been working on this um, very hard for the last five or so years. Now, yes, you have read that people have been using a version or so of it for the last 20 or so years. And that's, that's correct. I'm not, um, 
this version, this blind is brand new. There has been other similar versions that have been out. Um, that basically the best way for me to put this is I took a lot of things that I liked from blinds on the market and made it my own. There is no other blind shaped like this, functions like this whatsoever. We did go out and fight and get a full utility patent on this product. So the Nukem blind is brand new to market, but there is some other versions of some similar blinds that were out in the past that are no longer on the market. Okay. Okay. All right. So what is it about the Nukem blind that's so unique? So it's nice, lightweight. It's compact. So it's three pounds. I'll actually back up here. It's three pounds. Nice and lightweight. It's 32 inches long. So you can throw it over your shoulder or pack it in a pack. And what makes it, so convenient is you've got run and gun hunting that is taken off between turkey hunting, a lot of predator hunting, people are doing run and gun deer hunts nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you can set this blind up from its bag form in less than 30 seconds. And then there's a run and gun style form that you can set it up in five seconds. Right. So it's quick mobility, stake free. You don't have to stake it down. Um, And it's just, it's not your typical blind. It's, Think of it as more of a screen out in front of you, okay? okay? So you actually push it out in front of you, and what it's doing is it's blocking all that lower movement from our shoulders down. Okay. And some people look at me when I'm at these shows and everything else and say, you can't sit behind that. You're too tall or my kid's too short. And I'll, I'll, I'll break it down and show you in a little while, but you can actually, the wider you make the blind, the lower the windows go. And when you make, uh, bring it in, the higher the windows are. Okay. So it's... It's actually self-adjusting as well. All right. So the people that are listening and not watching us here on YouTube, but, but are listening on the podcast, it is a pyramidal shape. It's a two-sided pyramid triangle. The best, the best way I like to explain it to people is if you think of a teepee. Okay. You cut the teepee in half from the top point down. Okay. That's what you're left with is, is basically a half of teepee. Okay. All right. You have two shooting windows, but you can also shoot around it as well. Yeah, and that's what I tell people. Don't limit yourself to the windows. You're going to probably shoot off the side of this blind more than you'll ever shoot through the windows. Mm -hmm. The reason that I have it come to a point at the top is because it allows us that much more movement with either our head or our weapon to get up and get ready, and then you can shoot off the sides or through the windows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why has ground hunting taken off so much, do you think? I think people are impatient, personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, all right. but we, I think we need to break that up because as a turkey hunter, I am a running gunner, right? Well, I was gonna say, in all seriousness, it all depends on the sport, right? So, right, right. Hunter, I'm an avid turkey hunter, have been my whole life. Yeah. You are on the move, you're going to the goblin bird, you've got to set up quick sometimes. Mm-hmm. But either way, we're, we're on the move. That's how you're gonna have the best luck in the outdoors when you're turkey hunting, right? Um, same with predator hunting. You know, you might set up somewhere for 15, 20 minutes, but then you're off to the next spot. Right. Um, deer hunting. I think people have found the advantages to being mobile while deer hunting. And you can get some big deer on the ground if you can put a stock on them or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, people are going in places and ground hunting where you can't hang a tree stand, whether it be mm-hmm. public land that you can't always access or thick areas. And that's drawn a lot of people to hunting from the ground. And, you know, like, cause you and I live very, very, very close to one another actually. And in the mountains of South Carolina and Western North Carolina, 
if you climb and there's any mountain laurel anywhere, you can't see anything Yeah, at all. I mean, you can't, it, it doesn't matter how high you get. And there's certain areas that you have to be on the ground and, and look underneath the canopy instead of trying to look, you know, over the, over the top of it. And, and in the uh, Piedmont of South Carolina, where I do a lot of my hunting, there's a lot of pine plantations. And once those pines get up to, you know, these are planted pines. Once they get up to 10, 15 feet, you're done. I mean, you have to be on the ground to see any movement in there whatsoever. Uh, and two, as I get older, I don't like climbing very high anymore. It's more I, I just don't, Yeah, you know, and it's not so much that it, it's a, it's a lazy thing. It's a, um, I love to hunt out of climbing stands as an example, but when does it get cold here? November? Maybe. Yeah. 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 If we're lucky. So I am pouring sweat by the time I get to the top of the tree, just absolutely drenched. And it's like, why scent controls out the window? I'm hunting the wind. So why not just ease in there and just sit down in my turkey chair and be a lot more comfortable, a lot, a lot better control of my, of my scent than I am if I'm soaked with sweat and it's dripping onto the ground. Well, and you've got other advantages um, as human beings, you know, we're always wanting to know what's around that next corner, what's behind mm-hmm. the next tree. Um, and you might be hunting an area where you think, you know, how the deer are moving or the animals are moving, but stuff changes on a daily basis in the woods. So how many times have you wanted to move a stand and you just, it's not feasible to move a stand real quick? Yes. Yes. Often, often. Mm-hmm. And also like if you're on new property or, or public land, one of the things I like to do is to get to the woods about 9am and just still hunt through the woods, looking at my basically slowly scouting, yep. you know, looking for the freshest sign and boom, I sit down right there sit down right there uh, whenever I find the freshest sign and, and I've been, you know, take some cutters and cut some limbs to put around me, but I would much rather have something as small and light and portable as this. So I'm not making as much noise, set it up. Boom. I'm, I'm hidden instantly. Yeah. And one of the biggest concerns people have is will the animals see these blinds? You know, you got people putting their big hub lines out a month in advance. So the deer get used to it. Mm-hmm. The way these taper with a tree, they come to a point at the top and they, they taper right down with, with, a, with a tree. So if you're sitting up against a tree, they literally disappear. Um, but even beyond that, they're not bulky enough. They don't have your big bulky corners. We were in Kansas just a couple of weeks ago and we literally sat down in the middle of a bean field. and The beans were about a foot and a half tall and we, we had deer all around us. They just... Mm for whatever reason, the shape of this blind, they don't pay it any attention. Yeah. And, and I do think it's that the way that it comes to a point because things in the woods are more vertical than they are horizontal. And when you get a hub style blind, you got that big square, the big square object just blops up there. And it, and I also think that you're, I'm looking at it over your shoulder there. The, uh, the screen in the windows help because you can see through it. You know, there's a little bit of, of, of opaqueness at the bottom, but then at the top you can see through it and it it just disturbs the, the focus of the eye a little bit better. Yeah. And and to that point, the reason it is full below the windows is because when you're sitting behind it, all that is really above the windows is your head, Mm -hmm. but you can see around it. And there's other blinds on the market. Primo's has one out, a little short 180 blind. But when you sit behind it, you're exposed shoulders up. Right. And right. I don't 
who you are. You're not sitting in your head completely still all day. Right. Right. And I don't like that. And that's why I've so seldom, I mean, I've tried those with the little stakes you put out in front of you when you turkey hunt, but I just feel like why, you know, I'm still got, I still feel exposed. So I might as well not, uh, um, it's like a false sense of security rather. Correct. You know, and I really like this one. I'm, I'm really anxious to, to try one. I got, uh, in mind a few places, some, on some recently accessed land that I have that I've been, didn't get a chance to scout much during the summer, but I really want to get in there and, and, uh, kind of, like I said, just be a mobile hunter, get in there early, still hunt, find a good spot set up and just see what happens. And I feel better be having something in front of me instead of just being flat on the ground. Um, so I like to use these, these, what, what I call Turkey chairs, you know, they're about four or five inches high, yep. slight, slight recline. Is that going to be too high or too low for these I mean, are, uh, it, is this blind designed to sit flat on the ground or can you have a chair behind it or what? Yeah. So the blind that's currently on the market is the one over um, my left shoulder, which okay. actually the camera's backwards. So I'm pointing to this one here, the shorter one. It's on, it's on the market today. We have also launched another blind that is in transit to us. We will be hitting the market with soon. And the reason I'm going there with that is our shorter blind is made for three-quarter chair, which is your turkey chair, like you're considering, okay. all the way to the ground. Because, again, the windows are adjustable based on the width of the blind. Right. You can set a five-year-old behind the same blind. You can set a six-five man behind. Hmm. Um, and you just adjust the height. Now, we had a lot of call when we were at these trade shows and just talking to people. They want a taller one. We have a lot of people that say, hey, I don't like sitting on the ground or I can't sit on the ground. I have to be in a chair. So we came out with a taller version that's one foot taller. And it is made for your full size chair. So okay. you can actually sit in the same chair you and I are sitting in today on this podcast and, and use that blind in front of you for that. Wow. Wow. And again, as you're talking, I'm envisioning locations that I hunt, right? And thinking, God, if I sit there with that one, that's going to be too low because it's a it's a fallow pasture, so the grass is really high. But if in a regular sized chair, I could really see, but I need something in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I can see where it would be beneficial to have both, and that way you can adjust that's it to where you're going to be hunting. Right, right. So how did all right? So tell me. Um, trying to think of the question here. So this idea came about basically because you wanted something that the that the um, market didn't have. Yeah. So the market has a lot of these are considered in your throwdown blind category. Uh, okay. okay. Your, your big hub style box blinds. So there's different throwdown blinds, but every single one of them you have to stake down, tie down. You like you said, you got those little poles you're putting out in front of you to to create a screen. And it weighs 15 pounds. Or more. Correct. But some of those, some of those newer ones out, they are lightweight, but they're those little short ones that go out in front of you. Like you said, yeah. you're sticking yeah. up above them. So knowing what we wanted, then it's, you know, the process of designing it the way we wanted it. And living in the mountains, I needed something that's not real long, something easy to carry in the woods, lightweight. So, and stake free, ideally. So we made this blind and we made it break down in half. So mm-hmm. when you get it out of the bag, you actually put the poles together on the sides, which takes seconds. 
the fabric's already connected. You literally put it together. At that point, if you were to roll it up, it's more like a walking stick in your hand. Mm -hmm. So that is my, what I consider my grab and go run and gun style. Right. I'm actually carrying it in my hand. It's very lightweight, three pounds. And I, I carry it like a walking stick. Mm -hmm. So from there, it's a quick breakdown. You got one pole in your set. Okay. Um, and then it's stake free. And people always look at me and they, they think I'm crazy. They say, hey, that thing is going to blow around everywhere in the woods. Just my, so, that's my next question about correct. the wind. All right. So between the foliage and just ground cover, 95% of the time, this blind will stay put. It's most of the time, if it's going to blow around, it's when wind is hitting from behind it. Mm. It will, it will. If, if you've got a 10 mile an hour wind and it hits from behind it, it'll blow it. So we did put eyes in every corner where you can stake it down if there is a nice windy day and you need to stake it down. So I just tell people, carry a couple short nails or short stakes in your pack. And if it starts blowing around, throw them in the corners. And that was the next question I had because uh, uh, as I've been talking on the last couple episodes, I'm uh, hoping to go for antelope next year out in Wyoming. I got six preference points. So I feel confident I'll draw. And something this small and lightweight would be ideal because antelope are kind of like turkeys where blinds don't don't scare them. But I'll be hunting public land, and uh, and I'm the guy who gets as far off the road as possible. You know, if I got to hike in seven miles, I'll hike in seven miles. But I don't want to lug a box blind seven miles, you know. So yeah. this would be perfect. But I was worried about the wind because if you've ever hunted Wyoming, you know the wind always blows. Always Correct. a lot and hard. So and you'll never have to stake down the front corner mm -hmm. because it's only the one that's coming from behind you. There isn't an eye in it if you want to. So if it's windy, literally when you sit down, you can reach over on each corner and throw a stake in it. You can have this okay. set up and staked in 10 seconds. Right, right, right. So I'm glad to hear that you did put the eyes in it in case I did want to stake it down. And it happens. You'll have to. I, um, I was very fortunate this turkey season to hunt a lot. I mm -hmm. literally hunted every day of turkey season. And that being said, I had to stake it down two times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, you know, again, that's a good option to know that that you can if you want to. Is this kind of blind that you can just leave and come back to, or would it be gone? Is is would you recommend folding it down, or just or it, because it is so lightweight, just to take it out with you and bring it back every day? I've had that question a lot, and some people are telling me they are leaving it in the woods. If you leave it in the woods, break it down, lay it on the ground. But there really is, in my opinion, no reason to because either way, you're carrying it. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners that aren't seeing it on film, it comes in a bag similar to your folding chair. So yeah. it's nice and lightweight. It's got a shoulder strap. So you can either throw it over your shoulder or you can tuck it right in your turkey vest. And then if you carry it in a long form, it's like carrying a walking stick. So I personally have no reason to leave it behind. Right. Because I don't like being left without it. So if that yeah. next time you're coming in the woods at 9 a.m., you want to set up, you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've done that with my pop-up blind, with the hub-style blinds. I set them up thinking this is the right spot and then realize, oh, man, I need to go hunt over here because the wind's not right for there. My blind's over there. I wish yep. I'd have brought it out with me so I can go set it up, you know. Uh, yeah. Now, the the drawback from this, from a hub-style blind, is it's not rainproof. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You're okay, right. So uh, if you if you want a blind to hunt in the rain with, which I've never found a hub style blind that is rainproof, they all leak. 
they, but I mean, it's better than sitting in just a naked rain, but they all leak. I do hunt in the rain a lot. Uh, turkey hunting, that's some of the best times when you, it is. Um, and it's, it's simple. I wear rain gear, but I don't sit directly in the rain either. I, I carry one of those little tree umbrellas. I pop it up right in front of me. And then the front of the umbrella, instead of having to worry about all the ties that go around it, I sit it right on top of the front of the blind. Yeah. So then all the water is literally running off the front of the umbrella down the front of the blind and you're sitting there perfectly dry. So I've never used those tree umbrellas. Do you recommend them? I'm a big fan. Really? I've just you never, know, just never used it. I don't mind taking the rain. I, I can sit there and I can take it. Yeah. But I've started hunting with my daughter now for six years. She started hunting when she was five and she, it's, it's the convenience of it is what we mm-hmm. like. There's, mm-hmm. there's no sense sitting in the rain if I can throw an umbrella over us. Right, right, right. And I've hunted in the rain a lot, especially when I was younger, but there again, I'm a little gray. I'm getting <laughs> older and comfort is a little bit more um, appealing than just sitting there being miserable, hoping something happens. Now I'm just not, I'm not into that very much, but like you said, for the turkeys, the rain is really, really good hunting for turkeys. Well, not just the rain. It actually brings me to another point is I have people all the time say, you know, I don't need that. It's referring to the blind, you know, you don't need an umbrella. Uh, but the comfort of it, you know, if I've got this blind sitting out in front of me, like I said, it's a screen out in front. Now you've got comfort. You can move your legs. You can get your calls out. You can kick back. You can lay your weapon on the ground. You don't have to be sitting there at the ready point at all times. Right, right. You can adjust. You can, because you and I both know when sometimes in turkey hunt, you may be in the same spot for a couple of three hours. Yeah. Right. And I need to adjust in my chair. I need to. I got too much weight on this cheek. I need to move to the other cheek or my legs are going to sleep. And that turkey may be coming in, but this, this block gives you confidence and knowing. And also, like you mentioned with children, that's really what I use blinds for more than anything is when I take them, of course, all my children are grown now, but introducing them to hunting, having a child, they're not going to be still. Correct. They're just not. And having these blinds is a huge benefit. You can still take your child with you and they can fidget. They can, they can move around. They can, you know, do what kids do and not mess up the hunt for you or for them. Well, and a couple points on that. Anybody that's ever hunted in your typical big style hub blind, you're lying. If you don't tell me you, you, you don't feel like you're sitting outside. You can't see the sky. You can't <laughs> hear the birds. You're trapped inside. Yeah. So, when you're behind the Newcomb blind, you get, you're getting all that on mm-hmm. top of when you're with kids and everything else, these are ideal for one person, but the way they're shaped and the way that you can move them, you can literally set them up however you'd like. Mm-hmm. Well, they interlock together very nicely. So when you're sitting with somebody else and you've got two blinds, you can literally slide the panels right over each other. So depending on the setup, obviously depends on how far or how, how close together you're going to have them. Right. Right. And, yeah. and I was going to mention that cause you, uh, I saw on your website where you had two, uh, some, somebody had two blinds set right beside each other and the way that they kind of interlocked each other. I thought, well, if you want full coverage, you can just get two of them. Correct. And I, you know, obviously I have an abundance of blinds, so I, I like to take two with me on, if I yeah. know I'm going sitting somewhere for a long time, I will. I'll put one kind of on each side, let the corners touch. Well, then you've got the V in between the two blinds to shoot 
uh, through. You got the, the windows obviously off the corners. But this last turkey season, for instance, I'm sitting there. I wasn't expecting a bird because I wasn't having any vocalization out of them. And I literally had looked to my right, and there's two gobblers standing in a field 20 yards from me with nothing in between us. I was able as a six foot two, 220 pound man to kind of squat down enough, literally turn all the way around, get my gun up and shoot them. So you can get away with a lot of movement behind Mm -hmm. them. And Mm -hmm. that's very important when you start taking new hunters and children in the woods to get away with all that movement. It is. At the same time, um, when you're turkey hunting or deer hunting, there's times where you hear them coming before you can see them. Yes. Well, with this blind being stake free, if that thing's gobbling off your right shoulder or a deer's running down the hill and you want to get, get your kids set up, you can't do it in seconds. So you grab the blind, you spin it around, and then that gives you time to get the hunter situated. Right, right, right. And that's one of the things you know, um, that I like about the fact is, like you said, is you sit there and you have it positioned. I, I know the people on the on the podcast can't see my can't see my hands, but you get it set up in front of you like this, and then fifteen minutes later, you get to look around and say, "You know what? I really need to be facing that way." It's just you just pick it up and move it. You don't have to do a major repositioning of anything. You just pick it up, move it, spin your chair around, and you're and and you're good. You know, three seconds into it, then you've already repositioned. I like that. I do. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so where, where is the Newcomb blind found? So we're in a few stores right now. Um, just a few small town shops, but the easiest way to find it is on our website, which is, um, And that's N U K E M hunting.com. Yeah. I just put it up there on the screen for, for, for people to see it. I'm excited to see it in person and to and to try it out. Uh, I really am. I am. It's uh, um, Pat. It's going to be interesting to see it in the field, and to, uh, like I said, I have in mind a couple of places that I really want to try this. And when will the big one be out? You think by the end of the year, perhaps? Uh, we're hoping to have it out uh, first second week of November. And, oh, okay. All right. Cool. Right now we are our blinds are available in true timber camo. Okay. So, we're available in their strata pattern as well well as their uh, HTC green. So okay. it gives the hunters two different colors to go with. Nice. Uh, anybody watching says, well, that one behind you is bottom land. So we partnered at uh, the NWTF show this year with Mossy Oak as well. So we have all blinds will now be available in the two colors of true timber as well as Mossy Oak bottom land as well as obsession. So there'll be four different colors in your, in your XL version and four different colors in your regular version. Man, that makes it hard. Makes it hard to pick one. We need to get a God's country camo in there as well. Well, so so I've got some God's country camo as well that, um, I'm pretty limited on my supply of those at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Um, I understand. Not a problem. But if somebody does want a God's country and that's what you're set on, you're not going to find it on my website. But call me directly, and, and I'll get one in your hands. Okay. All right. Well, Pat, uh, it's a really interesting concept. I'm very, very uh, interested in it. I've heard nothing but great things about it from uh, because, I, you know, in, in doing show prep, I like to do a lot of my 
research and to ask people, have you used this? Have you used this? And people are just really excited about the fact, as you said, the grab and go part. You know, you take the center pole out, it completely collapses. You pick it up and you run to the next spot. And 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 it's just amazing. There's a great demonstration video on your website, but he's going to show us here for the YouTubers here. He's going to show I'll us. back up and just show you real quick. So just how it works. You can literally widen it down, and, and that's how, when you make it wider, you get it lower. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way grabbing goes, what I'm saying is you've got a center pole that releases, and you're on the move that quick. Wow. Uh, that's what quick. I like to do is I'll roll it up and I'll put a little bungee around it just for my easy moves in the woods. So that way when you want to set up, literally that's all it takes to set up. Goodness. So the poles are only on the vertical part. There's no poles horizontal. There on are the bottom. horizontal. There, there, there's, there's actually so there's five poles built. Okay. In the, so you've got two on the bottom frame. Okay. You've okay. got two coming up the sides and then your center pole that is the one you adjust. Okay. All, pole, all poles are fixed except for the center one comes out of the cent, uh, the top. Like I said, when you get it in a bag, this is how it comes. Yeah, and you just snap the middle poles, just snap it together in the middle. So when you lay it out, the best way to describe it to somebody that's listening is when you lay it out on the ground, you have two wings. You have a right wing and a left wing, each consisting of two poles. So all you do is grab that right wing, unfold it, put the two poles together, same with the left. Then you throw your center pole up. Done. Done. Fascinating. Really fascinating. Well, Pat, I'd like to transition now, if we can, if that's all right with you, and, and start talking about a little bit about your personal faith journey and about uh, <coughs> some of that. But before we do, you know, as we talked before we got on the show, as a, as a Christian, I like to wear my faith wherever I can when I'm hunting, fishing, speaking uh, at different events around town. And that's what God's country camo allows me to do. As you know, I'm wearing it right here. This is their late season pattern, but they have four patterns in total. And it incorporates seven different Christian symbols into the camo pattern. And that way, when I'm hunting or wherever I'm wearing it, I'm wearing my faith on my sleeve and my chest, just wherever I am. And that gives me an opportunity to witness to people and to share my faith with them. But they're not just limited to camo anymore. Now they have fishing shirts, everyday shirts, pants, hard goods, and more. You can find out more at godscountrycamo.com. Really wonderful people that own that company, and I really hope that my listeners will be able to, to support it and get some of this really good product. This is one of the best. I don't know what this material is, but I love in this southern climate how lightweight it is and how it breathes because, like I said before, it's it's hot. I mean, it's 70-something degrees today, but um, it's still very, very warm for hunting season for me. All right. So, Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit? Just share with us, if you would, some of your faith journey and just as much as you're comfortable with and just uh, share with the listeners kind of how the, how all that came about. I'll do that in just a second. I do want to add to what you just said, though. I, I know Todd and Melissa very well with God's Country Camo. Yeah. And they are great people. I uh, I can't speak more highly about them, but they do have some great gear. I, I wear their shirts. I wear their hats. So I just wanted to, to add a little bit to that as well. Yeah, thank um, you. For that. Yeah. Yeah. It is because it's not just a pattern. It's high quality clothing and gear as well. I mean, it's it's good fabric, good material, not just a pattern that they're selling, but they're selling really quality products as well. And, and not just for, you know, your hunters it doesn't even have to be fishermen. We we personally wear their stuff all over the lake. Uh, yeah. A lot of, lot of great lightweight fishing lake water stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. So a little bit about my back history. Um, I grew up in church with my parents. I have two brothers. I am the middle sibling. Um, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So um, we, we grew up in church, but we were not the family that, that was in church every Sunday and every Wednesday night and everything like that. We played sports and I know that's not an excuse, but that does takes away a lot from, from church activities. So when my parents were taking us to church and everything else, when I was probably fourth, fifth grade, my parents said, look, we've had enough fighting you guys to go to church, you know, between getting us ready and us complaining or whatever, um, they said, okay, we're not gonna go to church for a little while. So as a young kid, they took us three boys and had us start volunteering at a local nursing home on Sunday mornings. Hmm. And mom said, you know, if you're not going to sit here and listen to it and read about it, you're going to act it in life. So that's what we did. And we spent years, probably three or four years now starting to go into nursing homes. And it was um, what we did in the nursing homes is we went in there Sunday mornings and we'd have scripture and everything else with the people, but it was also getting to know them and bringing them snacks and playing games with them. And at a very young age, that also taught us the life and death side of life because we were growing attached to people who were on their deathbed. Right. right. Mom and dad doing that with us as kids, people might've looked at it as, you know, you just took your kids out of church, but we looked at it as a different part of it as to know we're actually bringing it all full circle into our lives. Right. So that really helped out and it, it, it uh, was a great thing. And then as I grew into my family and growing up and getting married is when I was essentially reintroduced into, into faith again with my wife, because she grew up with her dad was a pastor. They went to church every Sunday and that's, the, the avenue she led. And of course but she kind of had to go if her dad's preaching. Correct. And, <laughs> but it wasn't, he was a, he was also a traveling minister. So he mm. wasn't always in town preaching. So mm. they had a home church, which is the church we got married in right here in black mountain. And um, we went to church with her family quite a bit. Now I wasn't always the man I consider myself today. Um, mm. A little over five years ago, I completely sobered up as a person and I I quit my bad habits and everything else. Well, that being that part of me made me want to get more involved with God and with church and everything else. So at that time is when my family really started heavily into church. Mm. And that's when I started being more committed to my church as far as, uh, giving back time, not, not, you know, not just I'm taking offerings and everything else, but so now I'm on the the trustee committee. Um, and we really enjoy our Sunday services. Good, good trustees, huh? Yeah, man, that is one committee I have avoided like the plague. <laughs> Cause <laughs> when it, I, you know, I served as a pastor for 12 years and, and I like these poor people, they volunteer and they have no idea what they're getting in for. When they're the trustees and take care of all the maintenance and all the 
everything that goes on with the with the grounds and the facilities. That is a big task to ask people to do. So kudos to you for doing that. Because yeah, I had, no, I had no clue what I was signing up for, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of it was good because yeah. I'm a person in my community because of my tree business and my wife and I have remodeled some houses. I'm, I'm familiar with all that kind of stuff. So right, right. It fell right in my lap, and and I ran full throttle with it. So it, right. It's been good. I've been on a trustee committee for three years. They actually just have asked me to be head of trustees. Um, and because of Newcomb hunting back in March, I actually had to turn that down because I'm out of town so much now with trade shows. Right, right. But right. it's been great. It's been, it, you know, I've, when you give up something like I did five and a half years ago, you don't lose friends over the deal, but you don't hang out with the people you used to hang out with as much. Right, right. So that being said, my church community, I found new people to hang out with and families that we are now, you know, that's our, that's our weekend friends. And right. Else. Right. Right. It does. Yeah. I mean, cause you do have to, uh, well, it's like they say in the 12 step programs, you know, it, of which I've helped a lot of people through. I've never gone through myself, but helped a lot of people through is one of the first thing they say is you got to change your friend group because the people that you're hanging out with are the ones that's kind of helping you stay in this process so like you said you don't sever the ties you just don't hang out with the people uh, you just do it differently yeah. maybe it's a, maybe it's the best way to say it and and you know we are a product of those people that we hang around with we're a product of our environments you know we learned that in sociology class 101 right when you're in college is how your environment impacts the decisions that you make and the peers that you have around you impacts the decision because even adults and are very influenced by peer pressure. I don't care if they want to admit it or not, but we are. Well, it's not right. even on purpose, right? I mean, it's right. just it's just the natural following of of a human being. Yeah, because we want to be liked, we want to be accepted, we want to feel like we have value, and and these people give us value if we you know if we feel this way. So it's just it's just a natural thing, and it's very hard to to kind of get out of that. But, uh, um, you know, uh, my hat's off to you for, for doing that and for getting involved in your church. And, and, uh, and you have two daughters. I have two, I have an 11 and a 10 year old. Oh, wow. Okay. Close. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Time for yeah. a few more. No, for a few, okay. what? what? We're not, we're not gonna be outnumbered. We got two daughters. We got two, uh, two dogs, you know, we're, we're gonna stick to the twos. Okay. All right. Well, that works for you. That works for you. I've, I tell people when I tell them I have five children, they said five children. I say, well, yeah, but that's normal for us, right? Yeah. And it, and uh, none of it, w I can't say that they were planned. I don't know how you'd plan to have a daughter. You know, you just have a kid and see what happens. And, well, I, I planned on having two little boys, uh, and that, that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell anybody nowadays, I wouldn't change a thing. And, of course, absolutely. That, but I really wouldn't. Um, my, my daughters, they do everything I always thought my boys would do. So we, we, have, we're very blessed. We have a very great family. We, we spend a lot of time in the outdoors. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't change a thing about my life to this day. Right. Right. And, and agreed. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, it's, it's just, uh, recognizing the blessings that God gave you and accepting it and making the most out of it. Right. Yes, sir. Right? Um, cause usually the things that we plan, don't turn out as good as the things that God plans for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. So, um, so this is Pat Newcomb. He's told us a little bit about himself and about, about his faith journey and about Newcomb blinds. 
Um, Pat, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of start to bring this down to a, a close for a little bit? Um, I want to, A, thank you very much for having me on and let me talk about Newcomb hunting. Uh, it is it's something that's going to be great, I hope. It's it's come to market and we've had a lot of, a lot of great interest in it. Mm-hmm. And I want to throw out to all your listeners out there listening today, we are going to do a 20% off for anybody that's listening. Um, and we're, the code will be active on our website. It's Newcomb 2020. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Newcomb 20. Um, N-U-K-E-M 20. It'll be a 20% discount code. All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So all the listeners out there who are interested in a, in a Newcomb blind, Newcomb N-U-K-U-M? E-M. E-M. Okay. N-U-K-E-M 20. And you get a 20% off for listening to the show. Pat, thank you for doing that very much. I appreciate it. And I know my listeners will, will definitely appreciate it as well. So we've had Pat Newcomb with us today of Newcomb Hunting Blinds. It's a really unique concept. And I'm very, very excited to get to, to get to try one and to get in the field. Um, there's a really well done video demonstration on his website, NewcombHunting.com. Let me put it back up on the screen at NewcombHunting.com. It's a well done video. It explains how it works and how to put it up and how it how how it functions. Uh, but if you like to hunt out of blinds or hunt with blinds, you really need to look into this. And uh, it's a exciting, one of the best new products to, to come out in the area of hunting that I've seen in a long time. And I appreciate that. And also good to know that as someone who has a strong faith and believes in Christ and and uh, is not ashamed to talk about it or afraid to, to talk about it, anytime we can support Christian businesses, I believe as, as believers that we should do that, that we should support one another as much as we can. All right, Pat Newcomb of Newcomb Hunting Blinds. Thank you for joining us here at Christian Outdoors Podcast. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And we'll be looking forward to seeing the great success that happens with Newcomb Hunting. Thank you very much for having us. And I just want to say one more thing. Don't forget, don't just hunt them, Newcomb. <laughs>